Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burrigan campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Oh, hi, King of Heaven. We bow before you this morning. We're just so thankful that as the high King of Heaven, you came. You made yourself a little lower than the angels. You came, you sacrificed all. Lord, you left the glory of heaven. You came as Emmanuel, God, with us to be amongst us, to make your dwelling amongst us. Lord, we thank you that you've come to be with us today, that you are here by the power of your Spirit. And Lord, we pray that as we hear from your word this morning that uh, you would teach us and that you would give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to us this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Thanks to our team too for leading us. And uh, as Izzy said, we're thankful that it's not as cold as Canberra, not as cold as um, Icy Creek in Dwelling Up where our youth are this morning. We pray that there won't be any baptisms this morning because I just don't think that um, the human body can survive that. Anyway, great to have you with us this morning. Great to have you with us on live stream. And uh, as Mima said, great to have our children with us here this morning for school holidays. Kids, who loves school holidays? Yes. I know I was, uh, I was actually quite fond of school myself, but I loved school holidays. Wonderful. Well, this morning... We begin a new series called Your Kingdom Come, and uh, we're going to be looking over the next few weeks at uh, some of the miracles of Jesus and uh, what they teach us today. So kids, as you're doing your activity sheets this morning, I'm hoping that you'll just sort of keep half an ear or an ear open to what I'm talking about this morning, because uh, you never know, God might well have something that he wants to say to you today as well. Well, Mark chapter 1 tells us that at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, he went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God was breaking into the kingdoms of this world because Jesus the king himself had come to walk amongst people. He'd come in person. So the, the miracles Jesus performed were not just like um, you know, magic tricks to impress people or um, clever ways of, uh, sort of tricking people into like, gathering together as a crowd like you know, some of the buskers we see down in Fremantle do that kind of thing. Not at all. These were demonstrations of the power of God and more to the point, they each revealed something of the nature of the kingdom of God in terms of the restoration of that which was broken and the healing of that which was sick and the releasing of that which was imprisoned and the the saving of that which was lost. This was the purpose of the miracles. These are the things that still happen today as the kingdom of God continues to break into our reality where the living, dynamic presence of Jesus manifests. The kingdom of God has come near. Well, the miracle we see in today's passage is um, the miraculous catch of fish 
But uh, it's tied up with the calling of the first disciples. And so it's appropriate and somewhat planned, actually, that, uh, that this message would come also in the context of um, Gary being called uh, by God into the executive pastor role um, and being commissioned today. God has called Gary out of a, uh, a successful, prospering career in the finance sector to a ministry role in the church. And uh, we celebrate that today. He's, uh, he's a real gift. He will be, we know, a real gift, a real blessing to us as, uh, as Simon uh, has been over the last 10 years in the same role. And uh, again, say to you directly, Simon, thank you again so much just for the blessing that you've been to our church. And we're just delighted that Simon and Sue are still here, still serving, still with us. They're not going anywhere. Praise God. God has called Gary out of that role in the world and into a role in the church. But equally well, let me say there are others here today whom God has called into the finance sector or into an engineering role or a teaching role or into a medical field or into some other marketplace role. And those callings of God are no less significant than the call of God to bring someone into the church in a role. No less significant. The truth is that as followers of Jesus, we are all, each and every one of us, called to follow Jesus, to follow him wherever he leads us. That's what the Christian life is. And in some cases, we've turned Christianity into a sort of a, a private thing that we believe in our heads but never talk about. It's never quite made sense to me, you know, when people say things like, oh, yes, I'm, I'm, I am a Christian, but, you know, but really it's a private thing for me. And so um, I don't like to talk about it. And in fact, no one in my workplace even knows that I'm a Christian. So, you know, I'm quite happy to keep it that way. No, when Jesus called you to follow him, he wasn't inviting you into a secret, private conversation. Jesus never came to you and said, look, I plan to save the world, but don't tell anyone. Let this just be a secret between you and me. Uh, maybe just follow me to church on a Sunday morning, but uh, let's just keep this whole thing on the down low. Keep it to yourself. No, not at all. In fact, Jesus was inviting you to join with him on his mission summarised in Luke 5, where he says, I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance, to call them. Calling them is not a private, personal, private thing. I've come to call them. So if Jesus has called you, it's not because you were on the right track doing all the right things, it's because you were and are a sinner and you recognise the reality that you need saving. The kingdom of God came near to you. In fact, the kingdom of God is near right now as Jesus is calling you to follow him, to call, he's calling you to follow him in calling others to follow him, if that makes sense. It's entirely up to you whether you receive that call or whether you pushed it away, but the call is to follow him on mission, to be salt and light wherever you go and whatever you do day by day at work, 
at leisure, at school, at home. Follow me, says Jesus. So we have a reading this morning, and uh, it's Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which is the, uh, it's the Sea of Galilee, it is actually, it's by a different name. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they'd done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Well, uh, it's a great story. And um, a couple of years ago, Margie and I had the amazing experience of sitting in a boat on the Sea of Galilee, listening to someone, it was John Dixon, actually our tour guide, uh, teach about the things of the kingdom of God. And uh, so here are a couple of photos I took. There's the first one. There's a second one there as well. And uh, it was a bit surreal, to be honest, to be sitting there on a boat on the Sea of Galilee and thinking, wow, Jesus was, uh, was literally physically here. Uh, but I'll show you these pictures to, just to give you a visual idea of the setting of this story because I, I don't imagine uh, too, too much has changed, actually, <laughs> over the last 2,000 years. This would have been very much what it would have been like that day of the great catch of fish. And uh, so out of this story, I just want to pull um, four key lessons of God's call on our lives. And I'll just be as brief as I can. I understand the kids um, are here so they don't get too restless. But um, the first of these lessons is the lesson of faith. Jesus has been teaching, first on the shore, and then we read, seated in a boat while the people listened on the shore. And then when he has finished speaking, he stays in the boat and he says to Simon, launch out into deeper water. Now, of course, this is a literal instruction to Simon Peter. You know, they're in a boat in the shallows and, and so he instructs Simon to launch into deeper water. But let me suggest there's a metaphorical application for us today, that part of the call of Jesus on your life will involve you launching out into deeper water. The truth is most of us live day by day with uh, lots of safety nets around us, 
uh, we have a safe place to live and a car to drive and um, all sorts of insurances and contingency plans so that if anything goes wrong, we've probably got it covered with a plan B and maybe even a plan C. Nothing wrong with any of that. Um, of course, it's good to be well planned and well organised. But the danger is that with all of those safety nets in place around us, we can, be, we can become very comfortable to the point where faith is not really required because we're doing fine, actually, on our own. Thanks, Lord. But following Jesus is a walk of faith by definition. And when Jesus calls us into something new, it will very often involve us launching into deeper water. It'll involve you stepping into something that's a bit frightening, that doesn't seem to make sense. Stepping into something that's a risk that we might think, well, what, what, if, what if something goes wrong? What if we run out of money? What if I make a fool of myself as I step out in faith? Now, I'm not talking about risk for the sake of risk, just you know, launching into high-risk ventures for the sake of it. I'm talking about the risk of faith, of following Jesus, following those promptings of the Spirit that will launch you into the deeper waters of unfamiliarity and discomfort, the deeper waters of sacrifice, sacrifice of time, sacrifice of money, sacrifice of comfort and convenience, decisions that may not make sense to those around you, but deep down you know it's right in the Lord. Will I stay comfortable and safe or will I launch into the deeper water? This is the lesson of faith. Will I trust God in this? Second lesson is the lesson of obedience. And again, Simon and his mates had the benefit of Jesus literally being with them, issuing them with audible commands. Uh, you know, come with me, do this, do that, follow me, launch into deeper water. In this case, um, the instruction makes no sense to Simon. Bear in mind, uh, Simon's a professional fisherman. If there's one thing Simon knows and understands, it's fishing. He understands. He knows, uh, like Mark's, my friend Mark Stone, who I know is here this morning, he knows the best times to fish. He's got the best spots on the GPS. He's got all the best gear. He understands the right conditions of wind and weather. That will most likely result in a catch. And then along comes this guy who is a carpenter. Not a fisherman. You're not a fisherman, Jesus. You're a carpenter. Perhaps you could make some wooden fish for us. But don't be giving us advice. He has no idea about fishing. And yet here he comes to the fisherman offering some advice. Have you thought about launching into deeper water? Well, you can imagine Simon thinking, yeah, brilliant suggestion. Well, we could do that or we could not do that and we could go home and get some rest. We've been out all night. But he doesn't say that. Instead he says, well, we've been fishing all night and we're knackered. Well, I think that's probably the Greek word. <laughs> but 
and I love this, because you say so, I'll do it. Because you say so, I'll do it. In other words, Simon recognises a certain authority in Jesus that causes him to obey. The instruction makes no sense from a logical human perspective, but because you say so, I'll do it. Now, uh, we don't have Jesus literally here in the flesh issuing us with instructions, but we do have a couple of things that Simon didn't have. The first of those is the complete word of God in its entirety, which instructs us in the things of life. We've got it on our phones, in our pockets at all times, there to guide our steps. The other thing we've got that Simon perhaps didn't have is the indwelling spirit of God who day by day, moment by moment, prompts us in various ways. So as a follower of Jesus, if you ever have a sense that God is prompting you to take a particular course of action or to speak to someone or to give to someone or to make a decision that doesn't seem to quite make sense, but you sense this kind of a prompting of the Spirit, and that involves some sense of launching into deeper water for you, when you respond to those Holy Spirit promptings by saying, Lord, because you say so, I'll do it. The Lord will continue to lead you into wonderful opportunities. You know, so there are times when you need to push through your doubts and your fears and your insecurities, perhaps your laziness. <laughs> You've got to push through those things, where you, those times when you convince yourself, oh, that's probably not the Lord, it just seems a bit too ridiculous. That's probably not the Lord, it's probably just my imagination. And so therefore I'll do nothing. When you push through those barriers and you say Lord I think this is what you're saying to me and because you say so I'll do it that's the lesson of obedience will I obey those promptings well the third lesson is the lesson of holiness and here we come to the miracle itself they, uh, they go out into the deep water in response to Jesus suggestion or command and they lower their nets Probably, uh, you would imagine, with zero expectation of success on their fishing venture and probably a certain amount of grumbling and complaining, you know, muttering under their breath. This is stupid. This stupid waste of time. We've been out all night. We've been to this spot. We were here in this spot last night. It's ridiculous. Muttering under their breath. Next thing, the nets fill with fish to a degree that no one has ever seen before. The nets start breaking under the strain of the catch. And you can imagine the initial excitement of these seasoned fishermen. This is awesome. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Suddenly the adrenaline kicks in, they've got all this unexpected energy resources, they start signaling to their mates you know, on the, on the shore in the distance, come, come, bring more boats, bring more nets. So many fish, the boat starts sinking under the weight. I reckon Jesus would have been sitting in that boat just laughing his head off. The Bible doesn't say that, by the way. This is my own imagination. I don't even, he's laughing. And at some point... 
Simon steps back and surveys this chaotic scene and realises there's something else going on here. This is not normal. There's something miraculous. There's something with no logical, earthly explanation. Then he has another realisation. This is nothing less than a supernatural act of God. And it has everything to do with this man, Jesus, who's sitting in the boat here with us. Somehow, the kingdom of God that this man was talking about on the shore is being demonstrated right here in our midst with this miraculous catch of fish in the deeper water. At that point, he understands that he's in the presence of holiness and he's immediately struck by his own sinfulness, his own brokenness, and he falls at Jesus' knees and says, Depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. It's the right response, actually. And every follower of Jesus needs to come to that place at some point of realising our own sinfulness in the presence of a holy God, our own brokenness, our own inability to offer him anything of worth. That understanding that even in our own field of expertise, Jesus, <laughs> he knows far more than we know about what we think we know. We need a revelation of the, the total inappropriateness of our being in the presence of holiness. And the Bible says even our righteous acts are like filthy rags in the presence of God's purity. We can't stand, actually. We can't even bear to be there. But for the grace of God who declares us holy and therefore able to stand. Though your sins as scarlet be, you shall be as white as snow. That's the grace of God. It's the lesson of holiness. Will I recognise the depths of my own sinfulness? Will I be brought to that point of falling to my knees before God in worship? Saying, Lord, depart from me. I'm unworthy. I'm a sinful man. And then finally, we have the lesson of discipleship. And here's an important lesson for Simon. Um, he knows how to fish. He's an expert. Yet along comes Jesus basically saying and demonstrating that he knows infinitely more than Simon about fishing. The one thing Simon thinks he knows everything about. And then Jesus says, follow me, Simon. From now on, you'll fish for people. Not for fish. What Jesus is saying is, Simon Peter, I know how to fish for people. Follow me. Walk with me. Stay close to me. Learn from me. And the catch will be so abundant that you'll be astonished. So then we see that Jesus doesn't send them along to attend an evangelism seminar. 
He doesn't uh, give them a book on keys to effective leadership or church, church growth. Doesn't get them to memorise the four spiritual laws, whatever they are, or the sinner's prayer. He doesn't instruct them to build a fancy building or put on an impressive show each week. Generally, when Jesus calls his disciples, he very simply says, follow me. That's it. Follow me. I'm not sure that uh, God's strategy has changed that much over 2,000 years. We're the ones who've complicated things with all our seminars and pathways and formulas and impressive worship events. And too often we've turned evangelism into a, some, some sort of uh, production line process where really it boils down to a simple relationship. Follow me. Follow me. At times we've placed such an emphasis on leadership. We've lost sight of the fact that really discipleship is more about followership than leadership. Jesus says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Let me say the, the call to follow Jesus is not a one-off calling. Yes, he calls us out of darkness into his glorious light. That's a kind of a one-off thing that he does. But then the truth is he continues to call us he continues to call you into new things, new opportunities, day by day, as he's done for Gary. We celebrate that today. But he calls you into new things. Are you open to learn the lessons of faith and obedience and holiness and discipleship? Will you trust God as you launch out into deeper water? Will you obey the promptings of the Spirit? Will you recognise the depths of your own sinfulness? And are you prepared to follow Jesus wherever he may lead you? What's he calling you into? Well, let's ask him now. Let's pray. Lord, we would just confess that so often with all of the comforts of this life and this world that we live in, that we've become deaf to your voice. We've become numb to the promptings of your spirit. But Lord, we believe by faith that you continue to call us, call us out onto the water. You call us, Lord to launch into deeper water, to trust in you. We pray this morning that, Lord, we would be those who would say, because you say so, because even if we have a faint sense that you're saying so, that we would be prepared to be those who obey and step out in faith, recognise our own brokenness, our own absolute dependence upon you, and learn, Lord, what it means to follow you into unfamiliar places knowing that you are with us, you always go with us. You never leave us.
So Lord, we pray this morning, open our eyes to those things that you're leading us into. Help us, Lord, to hear your voice, to take aside time, the time we need to hear and to discern the voice of the Spirit, that still small voice of God. And give us courage, Lord, to face those things that you're calling us into. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.